All right, let's look and see what the Bible has to say. We'll begin our reading in verse number 9. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into the heavens? The same Jesus, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, we pray, God, in Jesus' name, that you'd help us, Lord, in this place tonight. God, as we study in this today, it certainly was a blessed our heart. I pray, God, that you'd help us, Lord, to share with your people what you've spoke to our hearts about. Uh, Lord, just do that as only you can in our midst, and we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. And through his blood we pray. Amen and amen. Here in Acts 1, we're going to study the book of Acts. It's going to be the history of the church. We've already seen half of it. The history of the church. Here is a few little seeds. Rachel ordered some seeds from a seed store for the garden this year. And she ordered these little old plastic bins with a clear top and these little things to put them in. And you pour water in the bottom and it makes a little miniature greenhouse. And she filled them up while she was at home with COVID and and I've set them outside and I've sprayed them and kept them wet and all that kind of stuff. Well, day before yesterday, I said to her, I've give up on your little uh, greenhouse ordeal. That ain't going to cut it. Uh, I said, we're going to fool around and not get a garden out because we've still not got anything that has uh, poked its head up through that little greenhouse. And so uh, I, went to, I went to Troy's. I seen Jason there. I went to Troy's and I bought maters and crookneck squash and uh, cucumbers and peppers of all sorts. So you ought to see my garden. I'm telling you, I'm going to bring, if it makes, I'm going to bring a lot of vegetables because it'll be more than we can eat. But uh, guess what today when I looked at the little greenhouse, oh, every one of them little pods has got, so I've got more crookneck squash and i got more cucumbers and i got, uh, so they're sticking up. Here in this Acts chapter number one, got a few little seed pods, 11 of them, Standing up looking at the clouds. And it's the seed that God is fixing to grow a great big worldwide church out of. So we'll see tonight uh, how they get their start. All of them just standing, looking up at the sky at an ascended Christ. I want to preach tonight on the ascension of Christ. Now I'm convinced that there's not enough preaching done about his ascension. We talk a lot about different, we talk a lot about Calvary, rightfully so. We talk a lot about the resurrection, rightfully so. But I'm going to tell you one area where it seems like we don't ever hear any preaching, and that is on the ascension. And the ascension of Christ is important. I'm going to try to show you tonight why it's important. As a matter of fact, it's so important that it's all woven through the Old Testament. There's tons and tons of Old Testament verses dealing with the ascension of Christ. 
But a lot of times we just skim over it. Here in the book of Acts, he's instructed them. He's told them about missions. He's told them to go to Jerusalem and wait into the upper room until they're endowed with power. Those are his final instructions. Let me just say this. I think it's interesting that out of everything the Lord could have said to his disciples, he ended by saying, take the gospel and go to the whole world with it, missions, and do that by the power of the Holy Ghost. They piped up and said, Lord, tell us when you're coming back. He said, there's not time for you to know that. He said, you take the gospel to the whole world in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's all you need to know. And he went up out of their sight. Can I say that the commission of the church is exactly that. And we need not ever lose sight of what the great commission of the church is. Uh, It's to reach our community uh, and then to reach our area and then to reach the whole world and to do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the instructions that he left them with and he ascended out of their sight. Now notice. We see verse number 9. Here they are on the Mount of Olives. And there's, some, there's some teaching and preaching that could be done on that that I'm not going to get in, into. But let's just suffice to say there's a lot of theologians. There's a lot of theologians that would tell you that this is very near, if not the exact same spot where Elijah was taken out in the whirlwind. Right near the Mount of Olives. It's interesting. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of interesting things that happens around the Mount of Olives. And I had a preacher ask me a few weeks ago, he said, do you think maybe there's some sort of a heavenly porthole there? He said, seem like everybody that comes and goes, comes and goes around the Mount of Olives. He said, maybe there's a, you know, maybe that's the, that's the beam me up spot right there. I don't know. I said, I don't know. And boy, he, had, he got to, son, he got to laying some stuff out. I was like, whoa, you get above my head right there. I don't know. But here here they are on the Mount of Olives. He's probably up on the Mount. Maybe they're a little lower. They're looking at him. He's speaking as he was prone to do. And then he's taken up. Uh, The Bible uses that terminology there in verse number 9. He said, while they were beheld, he was taken up. That word taken up, it's uh, epiario. It's where we get our idea of an aeroplane. It's, uh, it's the air. That's, the, that's where we get our idea the, from the Greek in epiario. And it means literally uh, to be lifted out. To, to be lifted out. I think that's interesting. I'm going to try to show you what I've got in my mind, maybe. Some of you say, well, that's a scary thought. But now, here's the Lord He didn't have to, watch, he didn't have to say, up, up, and away. He didn't, you know, he didn't have to say to infinity and beyond, none of that. He was lifted up. Now, what was it that lifted him? Well, I believe there's an indication as to what lifted him right here in this verse. Look what he said. He said there that he was taken up And a cloud received him out of their sight. And so here comes this cloud. And all of a sudden the Lord is being lifted up. (laughs) Boy, 
I, I, done, I done studied ahead and I know where I'm going and it makes me want to shout this thing about. But here's the Lord getting lifted up by cloud. Well, I, I got thinking about that today, about where, where else you see cloud, a cloud. Now, just, just stay with me right here. Could it be when the children of Israel were being led out of Egypt, cloud by day, uh, fire by night, and then when they dedicated the tabernacle and they put the ark in its place, what happened? It filled with a cloud. There was the glory, Shahana presence of God that was typified by a cloud. Maybe this was the Shahana presence of God the Father. He's going to take that cloud, wrap it around his son. He's saying, well done, son. He's saying job complete. And he's lifting him up. He is snatching him out. We'll see some of those verses as we come through. Look at verse 10. The Bible said they, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up. That word steadfastly, it's a verb. And this is interesting. You can look it up in your, in your strongs. The Greek for this means to stretch out the neck. <laughs> They're watching him go. They're trying to see the last glimpse of him. Hey, maybe I can say this to you tonight. The Lord sure was important to the early church. He was so important to these disciples that they stretched their neck out. They wanted to see him to the last second. They're looking steadfastly. Maybe they're having a hard time believing what they're seeing. And then suddenly, the Bible says here that there's two men that stood beside them in white apparel. I believe angels. I think about the different times that angels were involved. With our Lord, angels announced His birth. Angels were were restrained at Calvary. Angels were present at His at His resurrection. And here, I personally believe two angels are standing by as they watch this great event, the ascension of Christ. And they have encouraging words. It says there in verse number eleven. Which also said, ye men of Galilee. Oh, let me pause right there. Ye men of Galilee. <laughs> Y'all do understand that the Galileans, that's, that's, to have been called a Galilean was not an impressive term. It was the common uh, redneck bunch of the day. They, they could have very well have said, listen here you hillbillies. <laughs> Why are you looking up hillbillies? Why are you staring into heaven, you bunch of rednecks? Boy, ain't you glad tonight that God loves, visits, and helps common, ordinary, everyday people. I say glory to God. It wasn't a bunch of doctors and lawyers that's standing there watching the Lord ascend. It was a bunch of fishermen and tax collectors, the lowest of the low, the average, the everyday. That's the kind of fellows that stand there because that's the kind of men he'd called and that's the kind of men he'd used. Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up? I love this phrase. 
He says, this same Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's good. The same one. Can I say this same Jesus is coming back? And look what he said. Which is taken up from the heaven shall in so like manner shall come shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. So here's what the angel said. Say, so see how he's going? He's coming back the same way. Think about it. He left on the Mount of Olives. He's coming back to the Mount of Olives. At the great day of the Lord, he is. Uh, Revelation chapter number 19, he's coming back to the Mount of Olives. He left, and he's coming back to the Mount of Olives. He left victorious, he's coming back victorious. He left in a cloud, he's coming back in a cloud. He left alive, he's coming back alive. He left loving the church, coming back loving the church. So it's the same Jesus coming back in the same way. Very same thing. Now, that's great. You say, well, preacher, you've covered three verses. <laughs> We're getting out early, bless the Lord. Let me, can we just look at it a couple of different places? This this ascension of the Lord. Let's start in Mark. Would it surprise you to know, would it surprise you to know that only two Gospels carry an account of the ascension of Christ? It surprised me. I figured it was synoptic. Look, Mark, Mark chapter number 16, verse number 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Oh, we got more information here. We got a little more information here from Mark about what the Lord did after he ascended. Acts, Luke reported it very matter of fact. This is what happened. Mark, he said the Lord went up, but let me tell you what he did. Sat down on the right hand of God. Now watch. And they went forth. I'll deal with that sitting down on the right hand, but we're going to deal with it in just a minute. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Look what the ascension inspired them to do. They, they saw the Lord raised up. The first thing they wanted to do said, let's go preach him. Oh boy, we got something to tell them now, don't we? Oh, a resurrected and ascended Savior. So they went out. Caruso is the word for preach. It means to proclaim the king. So everywhere they went, they said, let me tell you about Jesus. Oh, he's king of kings. Oh, he's Lord of lords. Let me tell you, preacher boy, something. Our job is to just proclaim the king. We ought to be, hey, everywhere we go, we ought to be announcing the king. Let me tell you about my king. Let me tell you about my king. Let me tell you about my king. That's what we say. Everywhere we go. Now watch. I love this phrase. I've mentioned it before. The Lord working with them. The Greek where we get that word working, it means it's, it's where we get our word synergy. It means to be helping alongside. <laughs> working with. It's kind of like, um, let me think about Oh, I got a good example. How many of y'all ever been to a mountain funeral? Everybody been to a mountain funeral. What's mountain folks do at the, at the graves side? Everybody jumps in in their suits and 
gets the shovel and goes to covering the grave. Have you ever seen that? You know, you got a bunch of men standing around because there's always more men than there is shovels. And what happens is they say, "Hey, let me, let me, let me, throw, let me help you there. Let me spell you." There's nobody ever any more willing to help out than at a graveside. Have you noticed that? Everybody's like, "Let's cover this feller. Let's get this over with." As so, I, hey. Give me that, give me that shovel. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. Well, that's how the, that's how preaching, that's how serving the Lord is. So they went out of preaching, but they didn't preach by themselves. So the Lord was working with them. You get to shoveling Brother Billy in a heavy spot, and you've about thrown in the last scoop full you can throw in, wiping the sweat, and the Lord say, Let me have that shovel. <laughs> He'll go to working with them. Oh, there have been times I've been up a preaching, not doing much good, nothing much going on, nobody's moving much, and all of a sudden the Lord say, let me hit, let, give me that shovel. And boy, and the first thing you know, people go wiping tears and paying attention, and you know what it is, the Lord working with me, the Lord helping me. Hey, I'm glad that he's a God that can do that. Now, watch this. While the Lord, we covered it a little bit in my Sunday school, Sunday, while the Lord was here on earth, there are certain aspects. He never ceased to be God. Now, I want you to understand that. He never ceased to be God, but there are certain aspects of his deity that he willingly gave up. He had to in order to humble himself. One of those things he gave up was his omnipresence. Now, y'all know what that means. That means God can be everywhere at once. But while Jesus was here on earth, he gave up that portion of his deity. He could only be one place at a time, wherever his physical body was. He couldn't be everywhere at once. But now, but now, on Wednesday night, see, he can be here at Concord working with me while I'm carousoing and preaching. And he can be down the road at Pleasant Valley working with Brother Jimbo. He can be down the road at Double Island working with Brother Rick. See that? He's not confined by any space or time. He can be there helping everybody. And so we say, they said that, the, that they went out of preaching where they saw the ascension. They said, we got to get to preaching. And when they went out of preaching, the Lord worked with them. Watch this phrase. Confirming the word. Confirming the word. That word confirming means to strengthen. It means to make strong or to offer proof. <laughs> when, the, when them disciples would go to preaching... The Lord, you know how he helped them? He come along through there helping them? The Lord comes along through there helping them by confirming, by helping, by making strong, by offering proof of what they said. <laughs> Folks, Alicia, they say, hey, man, preacher. Me and Neil was talking about that a little bit before service. You know what, you know what amen means? Rachel's been on my case about this the last few weeks. I'm just going to keep on preaching because the Lord called me to preach, not her. Amen. She said, you're too hard on people about saying amen. I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me. Amen. When you say amen, you're agreeing with truth. You're, well, you say, that's the truth. That's the truth. Every time you say amen, you're agreeing with truth. You say, well, if I say amen to the preacher, I'm amen in the preacher. No, not really amen in the preacher. What you're amen in is you're amen in the truth. You're saying that's the truth. That's the truth. And uh, amen in his scriptures all throughout the Bible. Uh, matter of fact, I believe that uh, maybe this chapter ends in amen, does it? Yeah, <laughs> how about that? Lord knows what he's doing. This chapter ends with the word amen. I'd say that's a pretty good indication that we all ought to be doing that. Amen. 
You know, you say, amen, what you're doing is you're saying, I agree with that, that's the truth. And so they got out, they got to preach, and the Lord gets to help them. Now watch this, confirming his word with signs following. Signs following. <laughs> so here's what's happening. Are you with me? That early church said, boy, we've got a resurrected Savior. We better get out and go to preaching about this. And they got out and they went to preaching of the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Lord went to helping them. And then first thing you know, stuff started happening. You know what kind of stuff? God stuff. That's the kind of stuff. 